0: Good morning, everyone. Good, good to see you. Happy New Year, 2024. Can you, can you believe it, 2024? I was just thinking this week, uh, when I was uh, around about Daniel's age, around about 10 or 11, there was a comic, a science fiction comic about the future called 2024. Uh, they we, we used to uh, read about people going from galaxies to galaxies, maybe. Very optimistic there, but... Uh, <clears throat> I believe we've actually landed it uh, this week, all going back to, quote, normal, unquote. Maybe some of us have already got back into into school and into work, but but, uh, our kids are going back uh, this week. And as we look at the beginning, our first Sunday back at the beginning of 2024, and as we look at our first Sunday back, Um, I want to set a kind of tone. I want to set like a lens, a perspective, a framework to look at this coming year. Last year, we embedded our vision, our our creed vision, celebrate, reach, establish, equip, deploy. We did four-week series on each one of those words throughout the year, and we were kind of orientating the soul of the church towards that particular perspective of those five key things that we really believe as part of, the heart and the drumbeat uh, of this church. And as churches grow and as they develop and they move through different stages of maturity, and that we know that this church is developing and new ministries are being launched, new faces are approaching, new families are, are coming in, new membership is, is being done. And as we see the growth and the development, and I believe it's going to accelerate through 2024 and 2025, And at each stage of development in a church, it's good to have an understanding, a perspective, a lens, so to speak, for that particular stage. A way of seeing things, a way of interpreting things as our creed vision unfolds before. Uh, our eyes and gets worked through. And I really believe that the Lord has placed on my heart a key scripture and a key word for uh, 2024 that will give us a sense of perspective, an orientation framework, so to speak, for how we see 2024 and all the things that take place over this next year. The challenges that we may face, but also the exciting potential and opportunities that the Lord has for us as a church. There is a reason why this church has been raised up. There's a reason for the growth. There's a reason for the development. And that's because God is calling a people to impact this area and other areas of the world with this amazing message of God's love and the gospel, to see them disciples, to see them established in, in, his, in his family and to see them released by the power of the Spirit in their ministry. A mission. The reason why God has has placed them. Here And so this key scripture that God has given me, Daniel eleven thirty-two, 32, and the key word is exploits. I believe this is the year of exploits in 2024, and we're going to be seeing new breaking, We're going to be seeing new ministries emerging as well as old ministries reorienting themselves and, and as it were, uh, scaling themselves up as things grow and develop we're going to see exploiting God-given opportunities and the resources that God has given us, both as individuals within your family, but also in this church. And as these exploits develop, we're going to see the Creed vision push forward over this next year. Daniel eleven 32. I'm going to be focusing on the latter side of the verse, the B clause, so to speak, but let me read the full verse. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupted by flatteries. But the people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The people who know their God will be strong and do exploits exploits. So my areas of strength are the areas that I know God in the best. And my areas of weakness are in my life are the areas I know least about God and his purpose and his knowledge for me in my life. So if I'm struggling in the areas of my marriage or the areas of parenting or financial uh, stewardship, if I'm struggling with certain habits, those are areas of weakness. And those areas of weakness, you will find, the knowledge of God is also weak. What he says about us, what, he know, what we know about his revelation of his word, uh, those areas are weak, but the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. I've had the, the the negative most of my life and probably many of you have experienced that as well. As we trust God, as we step out in different areas of our life, maybe believing God for our family, our children, our finances, maybe believing God for people who don't know Jesus yet in our life and we're trusting God and then the negativity comes. I mean, as many of you know, I I kind of grew up here, just, um, just down the road, just outside Clitheroe, was born in a little village called Waddington in Clitheroe, and then we moved to Burnley, <coughs> Habigan High School. I can mention it because it's now closed down. Uh, but I, I, I went to Habigan High School, and the careers advisor... Uh, said, well, uh, he said to my parents, well, you'll do really well if you can try and get him on one of these YTS schemes. He's probably not going to amount to much. Uh, I mean, we think he's probably going to get about two CSEs. Uh, and so if, if you don't get him on one of these practical schemes, then I think he's going to be a dull dependent, a benefit dependent, dependent most of his life. <laughs> and, so, and so, but my dad, my mom and dad says, you know what? We're believers. We know God, and we know God, and that changes our perspective. The people who know God are strong and believe things very differently. They knew what the Bible says about the children of the righteous, the people who will inherit the land. They understood the promises of God in the Bible, and they said, no, we're not going to accept that report. We're not going to have that spoken over our children. And many, many years later, with 10 GCSEs and 3A levels and multiple degrees, What they believed about God proved to be right. You were always going to have the negative in your life. But if we're going to boast on anything, we're going to boast in Christ Jesus, Paul says. And what the exploits of God want to do in us and through us, because we're set up and we're designed for exploits. Past prepared ahead of time that God has prepared for you. It says in Ephesians 2, he says that he has prepared good works for you to do they're all set up ready but the question is do we have a people in fullwood 3 this year who know their god because if we have a people in fullwood 3 who three who know their god they're going to be strong and together we're going to carry out exploits this year All the way through our time, whether it's different times of church planting and ministry or different times believing God, you'll have the people who say it can't be done, it shouldn't be done, it won't be done. But we've got to not go based on what the teachers have said or what parents have said if it's negative. We can't go on what our environment dictates is the potential of God and the resources of God for our lives. We've got to say as a people, we've got to say, I know my God and that changes everything. And what I know about God and what he said about me and what his promises are over my life, I'm going to believe them and that's going to cause me to be strong and it's going to carry out great exploits as a result. I remember when uh, we first went to Saudi, Saudi Arabia. And they said, no, you'll you'll never start a church there. It's a closed country. First of all, they never thought we would ever get in there. And and then what? Planting a church, that's risky. In fact, it's immoral, someone said to us. It's actually immoral. You're causing people to be put at risk by sharing the message of Jesus in in this culture. Not only is it wrong, not only is it immoral, it just won't happen. It's just impossible. I remember one missions organization saying to Sarah and I before we went out, out there and if we, I mentioned the name, you would many of you would know it. We're not going to put resource and time into that area of the world. It's unfruitful, it's hard ground. We want to go where where fruit fruit is happening and people are being saved. But Sarah and I said, but we said to each other, but we know our God. We know what God has said to us. And because we know our God, we're going to be strong and we're going to carry out exploits. And funnily enough, 15 years later, one of the fastest growing churches nationally in the world is found in the Middle East. It's found in Iraq and Saudi Arabia where there's scores of people every day getting saved in those underground churches. It was fruitful but we can't go necessarily on what the experts say. We've got to trust God and believe his word and say, I know my God. I know he will come through for me. I remember when uh, when Sarah, when she... Uh, um, she started uh, getting a sense when we were over there in Saudi Arabia she started reading about Esther many of you will know the story that Esther came to the royal palaces she came to the kingdom the bible says for such a time as this many of you will know that verse and, and something on the inside of us started stirring about, uh, I wonder if God is calling us to make connections with people of influence and royalty in this, in this uh, land. And we started mentioning it to certain people. And they said, you've got to be kidding me. Those people don't associate with the likes of us. They've got security all around them. They're closed down. You'll never get within a miles of those kind of people. But nine months later... There's Sarah being taken in by Saudi security every day as a teacher for the children of the royal family. There she was every day uh, teaching little princes and little princesses and being able to share the gospel with every one of them. And even they asked her, can you pray with me? And can you pray with my daddy? And we prayed with them in the name of Jesus. Because the people who know their God... Shall be strong and they shall carry out great exploits as God started speaking to us about coming back after the 11 12 years we had been there and started. And God started speaking to us through Luke chapter 12 and started saying, Ian, I don't want you to do this in your spare time, I want you to do this in your full time. When we started sharing this with some people around us, you got and, and the negativity, you've got to be kidding me, and you've got it all set up here. Look at what you've got, you've got that, you're at the height of your career, you must be crazy in any way. What church would want to take you on or, you know you, you, this is you 've been your track record for most of your life in corporate life. Who would want to really take you on? But we knew that we knew our God. we know that if you know your God you 're going to be strong and we had a verse from uh, that it 's about Abraham that he left the early Coldes interestingly <coughs> enough, nor, north Saudi Arabia left the Earl of the Coldis. And, and, he, and he left not knowing where he was going, but he trusted God. And God sent someone from this church. Someone from this church flew over to the eastern province of Saudi Arabia, and they found themselves in our front room and started talking to us about this church. He was here last week. He's flown back now and the rest is history and here i am standing before you today and i want to continue the exploits i don't know about you and my question is for full word is do we have a people here who know their god because if you really know your god you will be strong and you'll carry out great exploits and i believe that is the year for us this year let me just give you a sense of definition of this word exploits. I want you to get a feel for the word. And and when I was looking up at the dictionaries and I was looking at the commentaries, it's a large semantic kind of meaning to this word. A daring act, a bold deed, it's heroic, great and noble achievements, feats, adventure, stunts, escapades, maneuvers, enterprises, undertakings, accomplishments, attainments, and triumphs. What about that then? And it goes in different areas. It says this one particular commentary says, making full use of and deriving benefit from our resources and our situations. I like this one, to extract the full God-given potential. is that wonderful? To extract the God-given potential in each area of our life. The Oxford Etymology Word Dictionary, what a mouthful, says this, to take advantage of the unexplored and to push beyond boundaries. And so the people who know their God don't always think the way that the people uh, uh, um, that have always thought or the way that their society thinks. They think the way God thinks and they're willing to explore and push beyond boundaries boundaries. So my question is this, how will exploits be birthed in our life in 2024? It's one thing, Ian, to say, well, that's a great verse. We love the verse, Ian. And God says that if you know God, you're going to do exploits. But how are they going to be birthed in our life? Well, let's take a closer look at the verse. And I want to draw a few principles out of the verse. The B clause, it says, the people that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. I ask them to highlight three words, uh, the three words of knowing, being, and doing. I believe there's power in the sequence of the verse. I believe there's a, there, there, there is order and illumination in the order in which it comes in the verse. It's very powerful. There's three levels of life, Three levels of life: the knowing level, the being level, and the doing level. And if we're struggling in one area of our life, we have to look deeper to the level below it. So, for example, if we we're struggling with habits, like for if, if I'm struggling with, with my, my mouth and the ba- or my bad temper, if I'm struggling with with uh, different areas that I'm uh, of patience, impatience. If I'm struggling and maybe we're struggling with things that we're looking at late at night online and I feel unclean and dirty and I feel bad about myself for some of the things I do, but there's a compulsion within me. There's a habit that's been formed in my life. You don't break the habit. On the doing level, I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm just not going to do it anymore. I throw out all the, all the chocolate cookies out of my house. And before I know it, 10 minutes later, I'm in the shop buying chocolate cookies. Because you don't deal with it on the doing level. You've got to drop down a level to the being level, the identity level. You've got to have a shift in your identity to break the power of a habit in your life. And if you're struggling on the being, the identity level, Uh, and you have an identity crisis there's one level that you have to go and that's the knowing level to know who you are in Christ you find your identity in Christ because your identity comes out of that relationship you can't know who you are until you know whose you are we come out of relationship we come out of knowing in the biblical sense we know who we are because we know Whose we are we know him and the people who know their God then know who they are they will be strong in different dimensions of their life and then naturally comes out the doing level of exploits The people who know their God. And it's within an amazing context this verse of Scripture comes. The book of Daniel is absolutely incredible. Twelve chapters. You'll get it read in about 30-40 minutes depending on how how quick you are at reading. Uh, Do yourself a favour. Maybe this afternoon sometime or sometime this week. Just sit down in a quiet place and just read this incredible book. And, And it really explains this verse Because the exploits that the people who knew God did in this book is absolutely incredible. Uh, Four young men, Shamrak, Meshach, and Abednego, and their friend Daniel, were exiled in the superpower of the time, exiled in Babylon. And they felt the pressure of their society. And they felt the... challenged to compromise their faith and compromise their covenant with God in this context. But they stood strong without compromise. Let me give you a quick feel. Daniel chapter 1, that's Daniel's diet, plant-based diet. Sarah will be happy, plant-based uh, diet. And, 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 and once again, exploits. He remains strong and he kept clean and he didn't violate the food laws of part of his relationship with God. He stood strong in holiness despite the challenges of his context. In chapter 2, the king Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and Daniel interpreted it and there's amazing things and exploits that took place around that. Daniel 3, the famous story that we read in, in, in Sunday school, we grew up with it if you've been around church. The exploits of being thrown into the fiery furnace. Uh, Shamrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar sets up the statue, bow to me, bow to my statue. No king, we're not going to bow to that statue. The Lord will save us. But even if he doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow. And they were thrown, the three of them, into this fiery furnace. Make it seven times hotter. And then later on, King Nebuchadnezzar says to his advisors, didn't we throw three men in there? It looks like there's four men in there now, one that looks like the Son of God. Because when we know God, it brings the presence of God into our lives. Chapters 4 and 5, the king has more visions and has a feast, and and Daniel's interpreting what the king says. And then, of course, in chapters 6... That famous Sunday school story, once again, of Daniel in the lion's den. Talk about exploits and how God preserves you and how many stories that you have as you step out in faith. And then finally, in chapters 7 to 11, we have Daniel having four visions the four beasts, the four world superpowers that are to come. Daniel's 70 weeks, the great tribulation, the one man that's going to come and rule the world for all the people who are into end times and, and, and that biblical theological world, eschatology. This is the book for, for you. And in all of that, we find our text, uh, Daniel eleven thirty two, 32, is on that fourth vision. The final vision of Daniel in chapter 11. And we read here, but the people who know their God. That word, but, is an adversative. It means it's stating the opposite. What, what Daniel was saying is all these people have apostatized. They've compromised. They've felt the pressure of the society that they're in and they've started to weaken in faith and they've walked away from God and they no longer know God and they no longer know Him in a deep and intimate way. And they've decided to look good and have an image. And to be in with the people of power. And to be in with the celebrities of the day. And to be part of, part of the flow of fashion. And to compromise their faith. And Daniel said, but there is a people that haven't compromised. There is a people who don't live a mundane, apathetic, mediocre, based on, on natural causes kind of people. But there is a people... Who aren't like that? They know their God and they have become strong and they carry out exploits. And the whole book of Daniel demonstrates that whole sentiment. What does it know? To, to, what does it mean to know God? This isn't knowing about God. This isn't having mental academic assent to a, a set of propositions and theology, even though that's good. Uh, knowing where you stand in terms of your theology and philosophy and doctrine is a good and important thing and being able to give an answer and a reason for the hope that lies in you. I understand all that, but this knowing Is a knowing like the biblical knowing. Like a man knows a woman. It's an intimate, close, experiential knowing. This knowing in this verse. That they have this depth of relationship. Where they know what God can say. And they know his ways. They don't just know about him. But they know his ways. They know his heart. They know that they can trust him in every aspect of their life. I know... That every weakness in my life is a direct result of a lack of revelation of God's knowledge in that area of my life. Wherever the weakness is in my life, my being, my being, who I am, the the weaknesses in my life is directly connected to the knowledge of God in that area of my life. Because knowing God brings strength in that area. Whether it's marriage, finances, whether it's uh, character deficiencies in me, and I go to work and I say, Lord, change me. Holy Spirit, change me. I know my God. And when I know my God in that area, I become strong. And when I become strong, exploits are just naturally come about. Because they come out of that place. That, that knowing, that intimate knowing, perceiving directly and understanding God. It's amazing that we are a people who can know God. The Bible is simply a record of people from Adam all the way through who knew God and walked with him and did tremendous exploits. Hebrews chapter 11, the corridor of faith, by faith Abraham, by faith Enoch did exploits. And they shook kingdoms and they shook nations because of their faith in God. They knew their God and because of that they were strong. You see, knowing God is a prerequisite for strength, and strength is a prerequisite for doing exploits. These are people who knew God. These were people. These weren't just a generic people. These weren't just a church people. These weren't just happy, clappy, charismatic people. These weren't just straight-laced, conservative people. These weren't just nicely behaved people. These were people who knew God. And when you know people who know God, they can sometimes do crazy things. Uh, God could ask them to do things and step out of zones and comfort zones. And they could go, whoa, that's that's a bit unpredictable. And when you go through that corridor of faith in Hebrews 11, you understand what I mean. But we, we live in a generation that prefers social media. And they prefer image rather than reality. They prefer to project something rather than be something. They, 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 they want to, to be known for something rather than to, to be it. They want to know that people know that they have money but they're broke. And so if they really were concerned about money, they would save money and build capital, but they spend their money to look like they've got money, and yet they find themselves broke, but they don't mind being broke as long as they don't look like they're broke. Because we're image conscious, we have people who want to look like they're smart, and so they quote things that other smart people have said, but they haven't put the time and the energy into reading the books and to studying and maybe going on a course, but they just want to look smart. It's an image thing. It's something they want to project, but that's not reality. Where did we get to the place where we want to act something rather than be something? But being comes out of knowing, and you'll be surprised the amount of people who come to church week on week. And they've got issues with God, they like church, they like the social setting they they have friends here for many many years, but they have issues with God maybe, maybe they know about God, maybe they, they they've confessed the apostolic creed growing up as church and uh, in church and then they know the stories, but they don't know God they have unsettled issues with God. They, 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 they struggle in different aspects of, of their relationship with God. And I believe at the beginning of 2024, we have to get that settled. We've got to have peace with God. And so many people want the peace of God. Give me peace, Lord. Give me peace. I want to have peace in my life. But they don't want peace with God. They want to have peace independent of God. They want all the fruit of what God can give them without that deep, intimate knowing of God, Because when you know God, it demands something of you. And it demands something of your life and your character and something of change in your life. And we settle that issue with God. What will come up here in a moment on the screen is a picture of myself and Daniel. You see, <laughs> I don't... I don't need to have a DNA test, do I? I used to remember my dad used to say, Ian, when I was growing up, he used to say, Ian, I know you better than you know yourself. As a kid, I was thinking, (laughs) that's such a stupid thing to say. What do you mean? You know me better than I know myself. And yet what I didn't realize is that as you're growing up, you're still learning, aren't you? You're still finding who you are. You're still just trying to discover your personality and your connections and and how you are and your gifting and and your strengths. And yet... My dad had already been through the wrestles and challenges of life. And now as a dad, and I look at Daniel, and I can see the cogs gr- going, and I can see him uh, in different situations, and I kind of know exactly what he's thinking. I know exactly what he's wanting to do. I know exactly where the temptations are. And I'm ending up saying what my dad used to say. Oh, Daniel, I know you better than you know yourself. And you see, we're birthed. We're birthed out of knowing. We're birthed out of relationship. Jesus said this in John he says flesh gives birth to flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit but I say to you you must be born again you see, because we're born and we find our identity in a relationship. It flows out of relationship. When our parents knew each other in the biblical sense, you came forth and you are what you are, both by nature and nurture. Your DNA and your biology came out of knowing, came out of relationship. And you're nurtured, and when you nurture your children in that loving, accepting environment where they know that they're accepted and loved, you can send them out into the world strong in relationship. But we're not, we're, we are not just what we are based on biology, but we are what we are based on who we are in Christ. And that's why Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, what, you want me to go back into my mother's womb again? No, 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 no. You must be born spiritually, awakened to God, and understanding who you are in God. And when you do that, you are strong. I want to show a scripture to you in Joshua chapter 1. Once you see this sequence of knowing, being, and doing, you read it all over the Bible. In verse 1 of Joshua 1, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, As I was with Moses, there's knowing, there's relationship, there's connection. So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong, be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, has commanded us. It's knowing, it's being, and it's doing. One of the interesting uh, passages that I read a couple of weeks ago, which really bears this out. uh, Many people know and remember the whole story of Jesus when he was baptized. John the Baptist baptized Jesus and it says that Jesus was coming and John the Baptist looked up and he knew who he was and he says behold the lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world because he is the lamb being he can do the taking away and Jesus comes into the waters of baptism and John the Baptist baptizes Jesus and it says the heavens opened and and the father spoke affirmation of the father and he says this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased this is at the beginning of jesus ministry before he did anything before he did any miracles any resurrection of the dead any preaching any teaching before he did doing anything he was affirmed in his being who he was by his father i mean it's one thing to get affirmation from mom but to get it from dad that's a powerful thing Right there in our lives. And the heavens were opened. And the father affirmed him in who he was. You're my beloved son. He's your lamb, but he's my son, the father says. And then the very next verse, it says, And Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted. And what was the first thing that the devil went after when he tempted him? Being. If you be the Son of God, and I command these stones to come into bread. If you be the Son, of... He went straight after the very word that the Father had spoken over Jesus. You are my beloved Son. He went straight after that, because if you're going to do exploits for God, you can guarantee as soon as you step up, you're going to be attacked in who you are. You're going to be attacked in your identity, and you've got to know who you are in Christ and to be able to understand them, to be rooted and grounded in the love that God has for you. It says here in Ephesians chapter 2, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. What about that then? God has prepared in advance for 2024. Works for this church to do. God has prepared in advance works for you to do. Exploits. Amazing deeds. And the challenge is, in our doing, is going to be come out of our being who we are in Christ. And who we are is directly linked to who we know. We know him. And that's what I think we need to understand in 2024 as we see this church continue to grow, as we see more new faces and new families come in, or in every aspect of your life, in your family, when you see your children, you see your grandchildren, and you start to say, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. And my faith and what happens in my life and in my family and in my church is going to come out of not what the Government says, or politics says, or social media says, it's going to come out of what I know about God. Because the people who know they're God, and that's continued present tense, we never stop growing in our knowledge of God. This is something that I'm going to be on until my very last breath leaves my body. There's going to be a hunger. For knowing more of God. You never outgrow the knowledge of God. Well, I've been around church 40 years. I've heard all this stuff before. You never outgrow the greater revelations of God in our lives. And the more we understand and apply the word of God in every area of our life, we get the spirit of God illuminating our mind and there's a revelation that breaks within us. Because it might be true in the Bible, but is it true in you and in your experience? And that knowledge of God grows within us. And we change, we become more like Jesus because of it. And then we, on that place of strength, we start to to exploit. It's not like we try to be strong. It's that we're not willpower that we're strong. It happens based on knowing God. And out of that place, naturally exploits follow. God's opportunities open up. Uh, The potential that God's placed within us by the power of his spirit starts to open up in our lives.